You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Welcome to this very special episode of No Credentials Required, powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. This is the 10th episode extravaganza-ish, <laughs> in that we have our first interview, which is Coach Rob Keefe, formerly of the Arena Football League and now with the National Arena Fo- National Arena League uh, with the Albany Empire. We talked about his career going back to as a player, uh, as a coach with the, in the Arena Football League, and we talked about the future going forward with the National Arena League as the Albany Empire are back. And we're, as, a, as someone who lives in the 518 area, very excited to have them come back and have Coach Keith back as a coach. So we really hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of No Credentials Required. This is a, powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And this is a special episode of No Credentials Required. It's our 10th episode. And I have on my line uh, Coach Rob Keefe from the Albany Empire uh, and from Arena Football and now of the National Arena League's Ar- uh, Albany Empire. So I'd like to welcome Coach Rob Keefe to the show. Coach, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. No, Ryan, thanks for uh, having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. No, thank you for coming on. We, I, you know, we really do appreciate your your time and uh, taking the time to talk to us about your career and what to expect for uh, when you guys come back to Albany in uh, the near future. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. So I'm going to start way back from the beginning. I texted you some questions beforehand, and uh, I'm going to start from the way beginning. Uh, now, you started, and you know, if I'm talking about your player days. Uh, How did you get involved with the arena game? Yeah, so it, it's a long time ago now. So I'm, I'm getting up there in age, at least from a from a professional football standpoint. So <laughs> this was back uh, in 2003. Um, I 
finished playing in a small college uh, called Mercyhurst uh, University, a Division II school, and I did really well uh, at that level. I uh, had some opportunities um, in the NFL as far as workouts go, uh, in the Canadian Football League as far as workouts go, and didn't end up sticking on a team, didn't sign a long-term contract, uh, didn't end up making a, a, a team in camp, and really didn't know what my next move uh, was going to be. And I was living at actually at Atlanta in the time after school was over and all the tryouts were, were done. And I, I literally saw a flyer uh, in uh, a Gold's Gym in Atlanta, Georgia, hmm. uh, that was actually talking about arena football. Now, I've watched arena football before. You know, I've seen it on TV back those days. Um, you know, in the early 2000s, it was on NBC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on Saturdays. So, I, you know, I got to watch it. Any, any type of football, just me being a football guru, I knew about it. Um, but actually, the flyer was for an open workout. And so I called my agent and I said, hey, you know, is this a, is this a you know, real thing? Is this an opportunity, uh, you know, something that I can do, uh, you know, if, if no NFL teams are calling, if no CFL teams are calling, you know, I, I definitely do want to play football. I just didn't really know about the level. Well, this is actually for an Arena 2 team. It was called the Columbus War Dogs. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's really how uh, it started with me, where I actually went to an open tryout, much like you would have in, in Albany Empire. So, you know, I believe in the process where, um, you know, I paid. I, you know, I went to probably sixty-five dollars. I got myself a T-shirt. Uh, you know, drove three hours from Atlanta to Columbus, Georgia. Uh, you know, four o'clock in the morning uh, to get there. You know, by the eight o'clock registration time. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, the rest is history. I, I just did really well with the workout, and that was the first opportunity that I had um, to play arena football, uh, you know, made the team from the, from the workout and, uh, you know, just never looked back. Now, was it a bit of adjustment from going to an, at the outdoor game to a smaller playing space like the Arena Football League? You're playing at a 100-yard field, well, 110-yard field technically because of the five-yard end zones. Now you're going to a 50-yard field with five-yard end zones. The space is a little bit smaller. Was it a bit of an adjustment for you at, at first? Was. I, th- I think the, the, the thing that any arena football player will probably tell you that plays at, at, at a skill position level, receiver, DB, quarterback, it's, it's definitely the speed of the game. That was something mm-hmm. for me that it was it was an adjustment, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, the speed of the game, uh, especially from me being a defensive back, when a receiver is running full speed at you, you know, before the ball is even snapped, yep. there's a lot of technique, uh, there's a lot of adjusting that you have to have. And for me, it was a lot of trial and error. You know, my first year, well, actually, the first game that I ever played against, uh, Coach Moss uh, was a coach uh, in the, for the Wilkes-Barre Pioneers friend. Yeah, um, I remember uh, them, yeah. Uh, team, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so Coach Moss was the head coach over there. Um, uh, and I won't say we lost the football game, but that was my first really experience. And I just remember being so fast, so quick. Um, I played the field corner position, but really I had to get used to that. That, that was the biggest adjustment. Um you know, for anybody also, too, obviously the heat in Georgia is a whole other animal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and arena football is a, is, a, is a spring and summertime sport. So practicing outside, you know, in, in Columbus, Georgia, which is all the way at the bottom of the map, you know, it was just it was a new experience for me, especially, um, you know, coming from, you know, the Washington, D.C. area. That was I was born and raised, you know, going to, uh, you know, a small college in Pennsylvania. Here I am in Columbus, Georgia, playing a new game that I've never played before. Just against there are a lot of great athletes. You know, Arena Two was a really great league. Um, it was a it was a great feeder you know system for the AFL. There was there was teams and uh, you know great players all over the country. So it, it was a great learning experience. But there's definitely you know that speed 
you know, it took me a little while to really get that down. And, and you just had to play. You had to play football to get adjusted to it. And, and the, the more reps I got, the better I got at it. Now, did you spend all your those those years, initial years, and you spent you played in Columbus, or you played in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton as as well? No, no, no. So Wilkes-Barre, we just happened to, we just happened to play against them. So that was ah, okay. uh, Coach Mock. It was just it was just a coincidence. My first game happened to be against you know my now assistant head coach of the Albany Empire. His uh, uh, when he was a head coach, it just happened to be my first game ever playing was against him. But no. So what I did was in two thousand four, I played for the Columbus War Dogs, and in two thousand five, I split my time. Uh, between the Macon Knights and then the South Georgia Wildcats, mm-hmm. um, but all three of those teams for th- you know for two years, I spent um, you know the Arena Two leagues or uh, the two leagues uh, seasons in Georgia, and so that kind of where you know where I was uh, based out of and located. It got a lot of good experience. I, you know, I really did. It was um, it was great. I, that was almost if you would have like that was my internship for professional football. That's kind of how I like to call it. That uh, it was a new experience for me. You know, I was really learning the game. I was learning how to be a professional. I was learning what not to do. I was learning what to do. Um, you know, just just getting my name out there, really kind of getting uh, you know this this game down. Meanwhile, I'm having workouts in the Canadian Football League. So, just being a professional athlete, and, and at that time, I'm you know 23, 24 years old. So, uh, you know, it was a really good experience for me to kind of get that adjustment. And then things changed for me when I went out to Spokane, Washington, and Spokane, Washington. Uh, again, in the Arena 2 League, that's where I kind of took off. So those two years in Georgia for three teams uh, really kind of gave me the skills that I needed that when I signed uh, with the Spokane Shock, which was a new franchise, a new expansion team, uh, in 2006, that's where it kind of really took off for me. And I had really, you know, blossomed, you know, under, uh, you know, great coaching uh, there and, and just, a, just a really good environment. It really came into my own there. Now, when did you get? When did you sign with a, with a main? No, actually, before I before I go to my next question, um, I remember I was I was an Albany Conquest season ticket holder uh, for an AF two back in the day. I don't remember seeing you on the field when, when you when making. I'm not sure if making came to town. I know they came to town for a playoff game back in I think oh three or oh four. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I remember that if you could were have been, one of those teams. Been before my time. Okay, yeah, I, was, I definitely. Okay. Uh, the only I want to say when I played it, I played against the Albany Conquest one time, uh, maybe two times, but they came out to Spokane, um, and okay. that was again in 2006 and 2007. So I spent, you know, 2004 to 2007, um, about three and a half years, four years, uh, four seasons in the AF2 leagues, and that's really why, just really got my skills really became a professional. Um, and then again, as far as going back to the question about, you know, how long it took me to really pick up the game, uh, just being a defensive back the first year, I had no interceptions uh, as a defensive back. The second year, I had three interceptions. The third year, I had 13. And in the fourth year, I had 12. So in two seasons, you know, really after getting it down, you know, I had 25 interceptions. You know, I was the captain of my team. Uh, we won the championship. I was first team all arena, um, you know, all arena two for, for two straight years. Uh, I had over 100 tackles each year. I, you know, I just really was. I was playing football at a very, very high level. And then because of that, uh, out there in Spokane, Washington, that's really when I started having a lot of workouts. I had a workout for uh, the New York Giants, um, and then I had a workout for about seven uh, AFL teams um, that were all recognizing that I was ready for the next level to play in the Arena Football League. Yeah. And then you signed with Philadelphia in 2008. And you helped them win a win an arena ball. What was that experience like going from AF two to a, to OG or main arena football? 
Yeah, I mean, again, it's all, it's all about the level. So, you know, for me, it's always been just uh, uh, it's all about trial and tribulation. You know, right? That I mean, that's what football is. It's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a game where it's all based on the level of talent that you play against. And so sometimes great players come from small schools and then they get to big colleges and they recognize, hey, you know, everybody's just as big and strong and fast as I am. That's kind of how I was, where you know, I played in a really great conference, uh, arguably one of the best conferences uh, in the country in high school uh, in Washington, D.C. It's called the WCAC. Mm-hmm. Um, just unbelievable football. Um, Gonzaga, DeMatha, St. John's, good council, just, just really, really good football. So I got to win two championships uh, for the WCAC. It's called the Washington Catholic Area Conference. Um, just high-level football there. And then going to a Division two school and really dominating really playing at a high level, you know, I was a smaller, you know, about, uh, you know, in college, I was probably about 5'9", 170 pounds, um, just really eat up the bag, pump returner, really did what I needed to do as far as that level, and then all of a sudden you get to the Arena 2 League, and I'm playing against guys that, even though it's the Arena 2 League, I mean, there's guys from Division One football, you know, guys from Miami and Oklahoma and Texas and Washington, and just, just really, really good athletes. So then going to the AFL, it was just, again, another step. I think the biggest thing for me was it was that much faster. So the AFL is twice as fast as the Arena 2 League was. And guys are that much quicker, that much stronger, that much bigger. And, again, very, very professional football. A lot more money was involved. Um, Bigger cities, bigger owners, bigger budgets. So that was, again, another great uh, time for me, especially being on the Philadelphia Soul where we won the championship uh, I got to see uh, the coaching aspect of things a little bit different. Um, coaching is just at a higher level. Um, ownership, uh, just in terms of, uh, again, the budget of how we traveled, how we ate, how we practiced. Um, it was really good for me to see as I'm in taking all of this, knowing that uh, you know the next act of my football career will eventually be coaching. Uh, so it was really great to see that. And, again, lifelong experiences where I got to win a championship, uh, as an AF2 player with a Spokane Shock, and I got to win a championship as an AFL player for the Philadelphia Soul. Yeah, and that, and that experience carried you over to the next stage. And you you go back to Spokane, you you become the, the, the defensive backs coach with the Shock. They have a great year, and they went up winning the, winning the uh, Arena Cup. Now, was was it a difficult adjustment going from player to coach? Is that a difficult, is that a difficult know, adjustment for players in general? You know, I, and I, I think it's all about the person. I, I think, uh, you know, it really is if you have a, a mindset of if you are going to be a coach. For me, I always knew that I was going to be a coach. I knew that it was just a, a matter of time before I coached when, when football uh, was all said and done. Actually, in 2005, uh, the year uh, right before I came to the Spokane Shock, um, the arena football season, as we know, is in the spring and summer. Yep. Well, 2005, I actually coached for a small college called Pikeville, uh, Pikeville College. It's in Pikeville, Kentucky, um, the southeastern part of Kentucky, and it's an NAIA school. Mm-hmm. And I was the running back and special teams coach uh, mm-hmm. at Pikeville College. And I got that opportunity because some of the coaches and players that I knew in the Arena Football League were also coaching there. An opportunity opened. And, uh, you know, they, they were able to get me on staff, and I absolutely loved it. So I'm, you know, 24, uh, you know, 24 years old, you know, coaching, uh, as a, you know, in college, and I loved every minute of it. And we were great. We really were. We, uh, we finished fourth in the nation uh, in the IA. We actually lost in the semi, uh, semifinals uh, to go into the national championship. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really, again, a really good experience. I've been very fortunate to be on a lot of great teams, 
uh, with a lot of great coaches and again, you know, recognize that I really, really love coaching. So I knew that when coaching was going to present itself, that I was ready. And especially from an arena football standpoint, as I got better, I progressed the knowledge of the game um, really kind of was, was right there for me. And I understood, Hey, this was kind of, you know, the next level for, for me. So after Philadelphia, unfortunately, uh, the AFL folded. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was, that was a tough situation. Um, you know, I was I was in the best shape of my life. Just signed a big contract with Philadelphia again. We just won a championship. Signed another, uh, you know, two year deal uh, to be on the Philadelphia Soul. And then, unfortunately, because of the ASL and housing crisis and the market and everything just kind of dropped off the face of the earth in, in 2008. Well, then I knew, hey, you know, maybe it is time for me to coach. But I really did want to play. I had, I had a workout with the Atlanta Falcons. I was still in great shape. Well, there was a rule that. Uh, the AF2 was going to continue, mm-hmm. but no player that signed a contract in the AFL in 2008 could play in the 2009 season in the AF2. So that wasn't an option. So my thought process was, let me go back to Spokane, which offered me opportunity to coach, and let me coach for a year, and then in 2010 I will come back as a player once the AFL comes back. Because, again, I'm still young. I'm, you know, I'm only 28 at that time. Um but I fell in love with coaching. I, I really did. I fell in love with coaching. Uh, was was uh, again another great opportunity to win a championship. So we won it. You know, as a coach, it was my first uh, as an assistant coach won a championship with the Spokane Shock in the AF2 League. We are a great team. Um, it was uh, it was just it was really meant to be, and it, uh, it it really worked out well for me. That was kind of that got my start in coaching for the Arena Football League. So so Spokane has a has, obviously has a special place in your heart. That's where you kind of got your chops with the with being a player and also as a coach. And the next year, Spokane goes they get basically promoted to the A to to the Arena Football League because AF two folds and they got nowhere to go, so they go up to Arena League. Uh, you become head coach and wind up winning the championship with the best record in the league and. Wind up winning the championship. Wind up bringing the Arena Bowl, your first Arena Bowl, not as not just as a coach, as a coach in this time. Uh, basically, you, basically, you won three championships in a row. <laughs> That's a lot of success. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate. Very fortunate. You know, yes, like 2006 uh, won a championship as a player. Then 2008 won a championship as a player. Then 2009 won a championship as a coach. And in 2010. Uh, basically what happened was I, I thought I was going to you know, play football again as, as a player, and I had an opportunity that was presented to me uh, as far as the ownership group. They wanted to make a change. Um, they knew they were going to go into the AFL. They knew that the AF2 was then going to uh, subside, and then the AFL and I uh, was going to come back. And then really you know, good uh, quality AF2 teams that had a good structure, had a good fan base, were going to make the jump into the AFL. They were going to restructure it. Um, especially kind of with, for the times, I guess you would say, uh, you know, economically, mm-hmm. um, different kind of, different structure for the players, a different pay uh, as far, you know, different budgets were involved, but still, you know, really good level of football. Yeah. And then when I had the opportunity to, to be a head coach, you know, I jumped at it. I knew that they were going to make a change, um, you know, from a, from a coaching staff. I wanted to still be a part of it. And I felt, hey, this is my opportunity to be a head coach. Um, and then looking back on it, too, you know, and I'm very open, you know, when, when I talk, especially about just my career and my life. You know, as far as, a, as a, an assistant coach in 2009, you would think that they were going to then allow the 2009 coaches, that staff, to then jump ahead 
to be the 2010 coaches, and it mm-hmm. looked like they were going to go in a different direction. So seeing that, hearing that, being presented an opportunity where, you know, I didn't take the job, I might not be with Spokane, you know, I jumped at the chance, and I knew that was going to be a, a chance. I believed in my heart that I was going to be, you know, kind of a coach in the future of the AFL, and when I had that opportunity to be the head coach, I, I definitely jumped at it and uh, was really happy that I took it because you're right, Spokane does have a special place in my heart. It's just a, it's a great arena football town, and uh, yeah, that year in 2010, we got to win the championship. Uh, we were 13 and three in the regular season, uh, sellout crowds. Uh, you know, got to beat the Tampa Bay Storm uh, in in the national championship, or you know, in the yep. Arena Bowl. Yep. Um, you know, in a sellout crowd. You know, national television at home. It was just, uh, it was an amazing experience, amazing year. Now, spend a couple of years in Spokane, move on to Utah, where you become the defensive coordinator, and your coach is Ron James, who is one of the also know a well-known coach in the Arena Football League. Uh, I remember him was he was a coach of the uh, Atlantic City Blackjacks so the, the final year of uh, Arena Football. We'll, we'll get to that year in just just a moment. But what what kind of lessons do you take away from working with Ron James? Yeah, Ron is an amazing coach. Uh, he really is. A, you know, he is a, a very professional coach, and that's something I think I got uh, the most. Uh, out of my time with with Coach James, just literally how the day was structured, um, how he interacted with his players. You know, for me, being a younger coach, uh, especially, you know, still now that, you know, I tend to be a player's coach and I have a a great relationship with a lot of my players, but there isn't that father figure aspect that I have to to my coaching ability because I'm not at that stage where a lot of the guys who play with me are are closer around my age. Mm -hmm. Well, Coach uh, James, you know, brings that father figure kind of aspect to it, and it was it was awesome to be a part of. You know, and he gave me an opportunity too. That you know, that's something that I always really appreciate. Where Coach James, uh, you know, recognized that you know we were when I was in uh, Spokane that we were again we were we were adversaries, we were battling each other, and then when an opportunity came for me to be uh, an assistant on his staff, you know, he hired me in a heartbeat and to be the defensive coordinator in Utah for two years. Such a great staff. You know, unfortunately, we lost uh, pretty much on the last play of the game. Uh, the first year I was there in 2012, mm. uh, we lost to Arizona to, to put us into the, the Arena Bowl. I mean, that's how good of teams we had. So another great year, even though we didn't win the Arena Bowl. Still great players. That's where I got to, to meet Tommy Grady for the first time yep. and be on the same team as him. Just a lot of great relationships. And, and uh, you know, overall, it was, it was an amazing experience. And, and for Coach James, just, again, the professionalism, how we treated his players, ran it very, very much uh, a, a very professional organization. It was really good to see. So from Utah, you spend two seasons in Utah, and you go, you, you go to Orlando, and you become coach of the Predators. So you go from two smaller markets in terms of, in terms of uh, uh, arena football size, and you wind up going on being a coach on one of the more historical teams in the AFL, and with the Orlando Predators, they're they're one of those teams that have been that were in the league for a very very long time. I remember watching. I remember watching when I was a kid. I uh, watched the Albany Firebirds back in the day, and I was there for Arena Bowl night. Uh, Arena Bowl uh, in 1999. I mentioned it to you in one of our our last interviews together uh, back in uh, back in the Arena Bowl last year. Uh, but tell me what it was like going from Spokane to Utah. Now you're in Orlando. And I guess you could say the pressure is on because you're you're coaching one of the one of the the one of the most well known arena football teams in in league history. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we did a really good job uh, in Utah, and uh, Utah, unfortunately, at that time in Salt Lake, they were going through a change of ownership. 
Uh, they did not know if they were going to be around in the 2014 season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had two years there, 2012, 2013, and I really enjoyed my time in Salt Lake. Salt Lake's a beautiful city. Um, our facilities were Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Great. Uh, we practice at the University of Utah. Uh, they were more than hospitable to us. We shared the same facilities um, as the Utah Jazz, um, being in the Energy Solutions Arena. Um, so it was great. You know, we had a lot of great support out there. But unfortunately, Utah was not going to play in the 2014 season. So knowing that our that our team was going to kind of disband and our staff was going to go elsewhere, it was time for me to move back into the East Coast or at least look for another opportunity. And I was very fortunate where the Orlando Ownership Group uh, called me um, to have a couple of interviews in October of uh, 2013. And I was more than happy to oblige and, uh, you know, flew uh, to New York. Um, the owners at that time were, were living in Connecticut, so drove out to Connecticut, um, had a great uh, meeting with them, met with some owners locally that were in Florida, and then knew, of course, of all the history and the lineage that, you know, there is behind the Orlando Predators. And so for me, it was, hey, if I am going to get this job, I'm going to pay as much homage to the Orlando Predator uh, organization in the past because, I mean, so many, so many historic players and coaches have come through, you know, the doors of, you know, the Orlando Predators. Mm -hmm. And knowing also, too, that they were going through an ownership change. Um, They had a really tough year before, and that's why they were making a change to coaching staff. And for me, it was, okay, I have to get this this group, if I am going to get this job, that it's going to be a historic uh, franchise. I'm going to have a lot of pressure on me because I'm a younger coach. And at the same time, you know, hey, we got to get back on the winning track. So it was a, you know, it was a lot of pressure. But for me, I I don't look at it like that. I look at it as as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be great, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to really prove myself. And so came in with a lot of energy, uh, a lot of great uh, young uh, players, a a lot of uh, great young coaches, and uh, was really happy that we did such a great job for the, the three years that we're here in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those players actually followed you followed you to your next uh, destination, which was the Albany, was Albany, New York, uh, as the uh, Albany, New York area was awarded a, an arena football team in 2017. And you were named the first head coach. And take us back to that. Take us back to the day that you were announced. I mean, what what kind of things? Uh, yeah. What was the first? What, what was the appeal to come to Albany? Well, you know, for me in Orlando, and I'll say this in, in Salt Lake and Orlando as well, that I was very fortunate to, you know, win championships with Spokane and win championships as a player with Philadelphia, that uh, Orlando, too, we came up short. And, uh, you know, the first year in 2014, we lost in the conference championship. Um, 
you know, very close game, you know, two plays away, you would say, uh, from, from being in the Arena Bowl. So mm-hmm. always kind of taking it to, you know, taking teams, I think, is my, my M.O. of taking teams just, you know, starting over or starting anew or jumping into a new league and then putting them in a position where they're going to be successful. And, again, it's not just me. It takes a lot of people. But that's something I really, really pride myself on is getting an organization uh, to be on the map, if you will, um, from a professional standpoint and just from a competitive standpoint. So Orlando, unfortunately, uh, after I was there from 2014, 2015, 2016, after the 2016 season, uh, again, another uh, change of ownership. Um, the Arena League was adjusting, and sometimes it does that. It expands and, and, and uh, closes sometimes like an accordion that yeah. Orlando wanted to take a year off mm-hmm. as a hiatus, which was kind of a shock to me. Um, but, you know, we were doing really well. We lost in the playoffs. Um, but still, with that said, the 2017 season, for me, there was only four teams in the Arena Football League. So all the coaches were already secure. Again, with only four teams at that time, it was time for me to take a break. You know, I kind of readjusted. I coached high school football. I coached youth football. Uh, you know, I, I really got involved with a, a nonprofit uh, in Orlando. Just kind of redeveloped and created myself, but it was great. You know, sometimes when you work really hard, you have to take a, uh, some downtime. But I found my love again in coaching ball. Uh, not that I ever lost it, but a new kind of way to communicate when you coach young people. And it actually helped me become a better coach. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to when Albany, um, I got a phone call. Um, from actually Phil Bogle, who is a director of game day operations for the NFL now. Um, mm-hmm. He was uh, kind of on the expansion committee for the Arena Football League, was a coach for the, the Philadelphia Soul for a very long time, and a player and friend of mine that we coached or played together when I was on the Philadelphia Soul. Well, he gave me a call um, October of 2017 um, if I wanted to be uh, in the running for the opportunity to be the head coach for the Albany Empire. And, of course, I jumped at the chance. i never forget the phone call. I stepped out of my office in Orlando and uh, took the call, and there was a series of, of phone calls and a series of meetings, um, about five of them uh, in person and over the phone. And so I eventually got the uh, opportunity to, to sign on the dotted line with Albany. But it was the same kind of concept where a great franchise has a lot of history, um, you know, a, a great fan base. And then for me, I really feel like arena football works the best when you are in an, in an environment in a city, in a region that does not have NFL football. And when you don't have NFL football or major college football, then you have an opportunity to really, really take a hold of the city. Sometimes you have you struggle a little bit when you have a major city that has six major professional sports. Sometimes the Arena Football League kind of can get pushed to the wayside. So mm-hmm. I knew Albany was going to be a great opportunity, and I, I really enjoyed the owners and everything they had to say. And uh, it was just kind of, for me, it was a match made in heaven, and, and we did uh, we did a great job for the two years we were there. Yeah, 2018, the inaugural season, team gets kind of off to a slow start. Um, I remember being in the, the first game, you kind of got skunked by by Philly, but you get the last laugh the, a year or so later. Um, lose in the losing the semifinal to to Washington, what what was the feeling after that game? I, I remember being there, it was just a very close game. Uh, both games being very close, uh, did did the 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 I wouldn't say the failure, but the but the the chance to not play for an arena ball in your first season did that kind of catapult uh, what was going to happen in twenty nineteen. Well, I, I think for me, no matter what year, you know, 
uh, year one or year eight, uh, you know, if I'm coaching for an organization, I always expect to win a championship. That's just that's just how I am as a person. That's how I am as a coach. That uh, regardless of an expansion team or we have a lot of young players or we got off to a slow start, whatever it might be, I always want to make sure that we're in a position to, you know, win a championship. And so kind of looking at my career, hey, get to the playoffs, you want to host home playoff games, and you want to win those playoff games, put yourself in that position. So I felt that all of the years I've been a coach, I've been able to accomplish that. Now, sometimes you win the championship, sometimes you don't, mm-hmm. as much as I want to win it every single year. You know, for the year in 2018, our inaugural season, you're right, we started off 0-2, and then we really, really got hot. You know, finished the season, um, I want to say 10-4, and I think it was a 14-game season there, um, and then going into the playoffs. And a team like Washington, a team that we beat five times, uh, you know, it was the sixth time that we were playing them, and we came up short. And regardless of the rules at that time um, in the Arena Football League where you had to play a team twice in the playoffs, um, you know, for the aggregate score, you know, we still should have won the football game. Now, losing it, 100%, it created a fire. Uh, you know, I think every time people, uh, you know, have failure in their life ultimately could lead to success. I think that's the whole point of, you know, being a younger person and learning how to overcome and, and uh, battle through adversity. That for us as a coaching staff, I knew how we needed to get better. I needed, I knew exactly what we need to do from a, um, an athlete standpoint, uh, a certain kind of people we needed in the locker room to help us get to that level. Um, and then that kind of propelled us into what we had in the 2019 season where we were very fortunate to win the Arena Bowl and the championship and, um, you know, had a great year and, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- it's, uh, the Arena Bowl was a was a was a fun experience for me to cover for the for, as a as a member of the media. Uh, as I said, I remember being there for the first time as a fan in the crowd, and you know, our national you got national tele, nationally televised game uh, both to, both times, and uh, this one was on ESPN. Uh, so you know, it's funny. I, I I after the game, I went home and I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I wanted to relive it, actually, it's funny. I, I have another show. I do a live streaming show, and I was uh, I actually did on August the le- August the uh, August the eleventh. Uh, I did a the one year to the day. I did a live stream uh, watch of of the watch. I did a watch along a live stream just to kind of relive that experience and really love that. So, so it was. I'm sure it was fun for you guys. I mean, uh, you know, being having to win it in front of those uh, in front of our fans. Well, you're exactly right. I think that, and again, that's my goal every single year is to not only win the championship, but you want to make sure that you win the championship at home. And I think one of the great things that the Arena Football League get to do is that the team with the best record ultimately is going to host uh, the Arena Bowl. Um, and so knowing that you have an opportunity to have that at home, well, that's something to strive for. And not only do you want to host it, you want to win it. So to be able to do that for a fan base that is really just taken – to, to the empire name and organization. It's really such a love for the community. I mean, it, it just really works in the capital region. And that's why, for me, you know, I wanted to come back, you know, knowing we have another opportunity to really do this again. Um, you know, arena leagues come and go, uh, franchises come and go, ownership comes and go, coaches come and go. But a great opportunity is when you know that you have some kind of, um, uh, you know, ability and semblance to kind of put it back together um, in, a, in a region, in a, in a city that means so much to arena football, I just knew I had to go back because those are just special moments. So, yeah, Arena Bowl 32 was an amazing experience, um, and I'm just so happy that we were not only able to win it, but win it in front of a home crowd on national television to really put 
you know, all being the forefront of, of that sport. It was just an awesome feeling and something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, after the Arena Bowl win a couple months later, you know, we're, we're I'm starting to ramp up for for what's coming up next in the next season. Um, I'm hoping for expansion. There, there's rumors of expansion, but all of a sudden, that all that stops when we get a report that the league has ceased operations because it's filing bankruptcy, unfortunately, and eventually the league just ceases altogether. What was your reaction to that? Well, for me, again, I, you know, it's I felt for the fans. I felt for the community. Uh, I felt for the region. Uh, it's hard for me. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I think um, as, as a coach, because when you're in this business and, it, you know, it's professional and mm. there's a lot of factors that go into it and the more professional something is, the more things can be taken away. I mean, coaches, this is just our life. If, if we're not getting the job done on the football field, uh, you know, just like a player. If a player is, is, is not, you know, uh, you know, up to the ability of actually being the best that player can be, that player's cut, released, it's the same thing as a coach where, you know, you can get fired or you can be re- released or not resigned. I mean, that's happened to me in my career before, too. So when you hear the news like this, it's, I, I'm more upset for everyone else involved. I was more upset for uh, the front office staff, the ownership, uh, the fans, the sponsors. You know, for me, it's, hey, I know one day that Albany is going to come back. I know, because I've been through this before, where Albany is such a great market. It's just a matter of time before we have the ability to do this all over again. And now then it's just a matter of uh, time if I have the ability, if I'm free to be able to come back. So, you know, it was hard. I I think it helped a little bit if it was going to happen, that we won the championship. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the kind of person that if we lost the championship, I would have felt that we didn't accomplish our goal. But everything that was put in front of us, we were able to accomplish it and we accomplished that goal. But, yeah, it was difficult. It was hard to hear that. And I just, I felt for everyone involved because we were so looking forward to, um, you know, defending that title. Yeah, and a couple months later, we got a new opportunity with the National Arena League, which is which is uh, another arena arena football league. It's not quite not quite the old school arena league that I was I used to grow up with, growing up with. But it's a it's a different league uh, in terms of in terms of uh, markets and in terms of um, I, I'm not sure necessarily playing style, but you know, what can what what can what can fans here in Albany expect uh, with the Empire's return? Are we going to see the same type of football we saw when the, when uh, in the Arena Football League, or are we going to see something a little bit different? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, again, I don't think there's anything different between the leagues. Uh, you know, everybody will say, hey, well, is it professionalism? Uh, is, it, is it rate of pay? Uh, is it level of football? Is it rule changes? For me, this is how it always goes, where when you look at football, uh, outside of the NFL, and obviously you have college football, but professional football, outside of the NFL right now, the Canadian Football League is not playing, yep. uh, the FXFL is not playing, mm-hmm. uh, and the Arena Football League is not playing. So there is a lot of talent out there. And so the main goal is to harness that talent so your, the level of play doesn't drop uh, on the field. 
and we're going to sign a lot of great players. We want a lot of our older players back. Um, a lot of players from our team in 2019 have retired. We had a little bit of an older team, yep. but there's a lot of younger guys that still have a lot of play uh, uh, left in them. Yep. So you're, you want to make sure that the play is great, and we're going to make sure we do that. And then from a front office standpoint, we want to make sure that the level of entertainment is still at the same level. So is the budget able to be the same? And those are things that we're working on to make sure that those things exist, to make sure that the level of play and the level of uh, experience is at the same level. Because I think we had one of the greatest products ever in the Arena Football League. Now, if you change the title, it's not the AFL, it's the National Arena League. It's the same rules. It's the same kind of concept. I think what I appreciate is that there are a lot of people that care about arena football yep. and you have to make sure that the people who care about it are you know owners and the people that want to put forth their money whether it's from another business or their own personal you know uh, finances whatever it might be to make sure that we do have a league and so whether it be a team in jacksonville uh, whether it be a team in philadelphia or a team in orlando or a team in arizona or you know wherever it might be Whoever comes in to the Times Junior Center is still going to be great entertainment and it's still going to be, you know, really, really good football. And so that's what kind of the National Arena League is doing right now. They're making sure that, hey, is expansion going to happen? Uh, if it is, if it, if it isn't, regardless, hey, put a schedule together so that we can see kind of how many, how many games are we going to play, how long does the season go for. Mm-hmm. And then it's our job to obviously put the talent level on the field. So I, I don't think there could, will be any difference as far as how the Albany organization will be run. Um, I, again, I always say it's just another opportunity to, to put forth a, a great product in front of great fans. Yeah, and, and for me personally, I, I know I'm I'm really excited to see you back in the sidelines, Coach Moss back in the sidelines. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you, you mentioned when you talked about Ron James that, you know, a lot of these co- uh, coaches and players need uh, kind of father figure. Does, does Coach Moss kind of act as that, fa- act as that father figure with the, with the Empire? Have you had that kind oh, of role? Absolutely. You know, coaches that have been doing it for such a long time, I mean, you know, they become these, these father figure kind of coaches, but they become mentors, you know. Mm-hmm. And Coach Moss has been such a mentor uh, to me, you know, over the course of, you know, these last three years of just, A, we're just really, we really enjoy working together. And then, B, I just learned so much from him. And I think he would probably say the same, that he's learned so much from me because I bring kind of a different aspect from kind of a younger generation of coaching. And, and it's just the players just love Coach Moss. And that's why I think we work so well together, that yeah. we're able to recruit at a high level. We're able to get players uh, to, to really buy into what we're doing uh, with the Albany Empire. And then we put gr- a great product on the field, and we, we love coaching the guys. And, and I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to put our staff you know, together. I'm really excited to, to maybe have some new coaches on the sideline. Um you know, and then again, when front office and that staff gets together, you kind of build the family back up. And, you know, I'm very aware that if I wasn't coaching, somebody else would be coaching the Empire. And sometimes that's how it goes. So what you really want to do is just make sure that if there are new people involved, whether player or front office or coach or whoever might be involved, you just want to teach them about the history of what the Albany Empire is. And, you know, there's a high level of standard that we have. And, uh, you know, we're excited to make sure we keep that going for the, for the region. Yeah. One last question. I'm going to wrap up our uh, our interview in just a moment, but I just have one more question. Uh, kind of, I uh, kind of just uh, get to know you on a personal level. What kind of things? What kind of hobbies do you have outside of of football? Is it just football? I mean, are you, do do you community service? Are you involved with charities? Now, I know you're a high energy guy. Do you do cage fighting or any kind of high impact, uh, high intense <laughs> sports? Like what kind, what kind of things do you do outside of football? Yeah, I think I think for me it, it would be anything that revolves around the community. That that really is what you know drives me. I think you know during the season, um, you know when I am coaching, 
the things that really will kind of ease my mind is when I'm able to get out in the community, when I'm able to go uh, be around school kids, when I'm able to go do the hospital visits. You know, I think ultimately that's what football is all about. It's a, it's a it's, it's such a total team sport. And then really when you're at a professional level, you know, we can't do this without the fans. We can't do this without the sponsors. So you really feel like you're representing the community to make sure that everybody is proud of the team that's being put on the field. So anything from a community standpoint, you know, I really enjoy. And so for me down here in Orlando, that's what has happened. That You know, I, I was able to coach here for three years while I just continued to live in Orlando. And I got very heavily invested into a youth program. Uh, you know, it's actually called the Orlando Junior Predators. They look exactly like, you know, the old school Orlando Predators. Yep. And it's, you know, a, a national AAU organization. Uh, very fortunate we actually won the championship. Um, at the 14, uh, you know, U level, uh, I was a nice. defensive coordinator, just a great experience with those kids and got to coach high school football here. And, you know, uh, very, very grateful that parents allow me to, to impact their, their sons and daughters lives, uh, you know, down here in Orlando. And then also, you know, work for a nonprofit here called uh, clean the world. It's a global uh, hygiene organization that, you know, I do a lot of work with colleges and universities and just trying to make my community ultimately you know, a better place. But that's, I think it's the same thing I feel about Albany, that that's when people ask me, like, what do you really do? You know, yeah, I work out. I love music. You know, I love going in restaurants and trying new food. You know, I love doing a lot of stuff like that, but I think it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel whole and complete that when I'm a part of the community, you know, ultimately it helps me coach better because I feel like I'm doing it for the, for the entire city. Excellent. Well, coach, I really do want to, again, want to thank you for, for, being a part of our podcast for the last about 45 minutes or so uh, great uh, i appreciate you coming uh, just taking some time on a monday night on a random monday night <laughs> um i know you'll probably go back to watching football after this is done i've got a couple of games going on right now but uh if people want to reach out on social media just to kind of get to know you get to know who you are as both a coach and a person you know, where can people find you well, people can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, just with my name, uh, Rob Keith, uh, for both of those. And then on, on Twitter, uh, I'm actually, it's called uh, at Keefence, so K-E-E-F-E-N-S-E. And that was, a, that was a nickname that was given to me when I was a player uh, in Spokane, literally the, the second game of the year. Um, I came uh, back to a home crowd that had Keefence t-shirts and Keefence signs, and it's just a name that, uh, that stuck with me, so uh, pretty cool there, but... But yeah, when it comes to Twitter and, and social media and Instagram, I, I always really appreciate you know reaching out to fans and just uh, people that care about arena football and um, you know they become lifelong friends. I mean that's what it's all about, and I think that's uh, that's what social media gives us the opportunity to do, just staying in connection with people that sometimes you might not able be able to meet or, or stay in contact with. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm always there to talk as well. All right, well thanks, Coach uh, Rob Keefe, Albany Empire Arena Football. Coming soon, National Arena League to my neck of the woods here in Albany, New York, and the, the mighty 518, as I call it, the mighty 518. Coach Keefe, again, thanks for your time. Really do appreciate it. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for having me on, man. And, and keep up the good work, man. This is great. I, I enjoyed myself. Ah, thank you very much. And once again, I want to thank Coach Rob Keefe for being a part of our our podcast for this week. Corey will be back ne- back next week. He wasn't in with the uh, he wasn't in the interview. Had some appointments to take care of, but he'll be back next week with another edition of No Credentials Required. In the meantime, you can visit us on social media at No Creds R E Q on Twitter and on Facebook.com forward slash Belly Up Sports NCR. Really do appreciate you listening, and until next time, we'll see you in the media booth.
intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 